Shakalaka. Here we go. Hello and welcome into the Section 109 podcast from Studio Breezy. We got Sir Mix-A-Lot, freshly returned from the vet's office, Pablo Juan, Matthew, Toby's here somewhere. Ella will probably arrive home from work during this podcast, so apologies for all the dog barks uh, at a certain point. Plus, I don't know if we've seen the mailman, so it may be an eventful episode, but Matthew, we're not here to talk about the events in studio. We're here to talk about Sunday night. Yeah. And I want to start first with, that was a balling crowd. Yeah, that was fantastic. Thirty-five and change. Um, it was, yeah, it was great to see. I thought the the block party was good. So I missed the block party. I was coming home from uh, shout out Cody Harris, who I don't think listens to this, but um, another chat hooligan, and uh, was at his bachelor party, and it was lovely. But I did not get. I mean, I got home. I think I walked in the door a few minutes after five um, here, and then headed to shortly thereafter headed to the stadium. So I missed the whole block party. Please catch me up on what I missed. Uh, I mean, like it, it was awesome. There were a bunch of Hispanic food trucks. There were some games. Uh, there were some vendors uh, on the block itself. Like, I thought it was fantastic. I'd love to see more of that. Uh, I thought the crowd was bumping. Um, you know, sometimes like the crowd like comes in pretty slowly or whatever. Um, and and it was and it was pretty full, even at right at the national anthem time. It was it was really wild. And like tailgate happening, the Chattahook and tailgate happening over on. Uh, actually under some shade because there's more trees on on that side mm. of that side of Finley uh, and kind of connected to the the whole thing was really cool. So I was a big fan of it. I hope to see more of that in the future. Oh. Also, uh, you were at Cody's uh, Cody's bachelor party. That's going to make what the tenth Chattahoogan marriage in a few uh, weeks. I don't know, but we need to write that down. We need to ask the historians. We need to ask Galen, Bill Bolin, those who've been around a long time, and write them all down because I think it might be number ten, which is crazy. Absolutely. Um, also, I will I will say something that uh, on a very serious note, something I have said for a long time, and, and I'm not the only one, is that I want the stands to look like our community, right? I want the stands to look like Chattanooga. I want Chattanooga to be res- reflected. That means you know I want kids, I want adults, I want you know people of all different you know colors and creeds. And it looked there was the Hispanic presence was actually much greater as opposed to you know sometimes these events happen, and not necessarily with this, but just in general you do an event for a for a community and it doesn't resonate. To me, it looked like a huge increase. Uh, I saw a lot of kids. I saw a messy jersey. Um, I just <laughs> a Miami messy jersey. Yeah, oh yeah, Miami nice. messy jersey. Um, it just I, I loved it. I, it was really cool to see people I hadn't seen at games. Um, not that everybody I saw, but you know what I mean. Like it, the, the 109 was pretty full with a lot of people I, I didn't know, which is cool. Um, yeah, it was just really good. And it was really good to look around and see like uh, a community that I don't believe is is fairly represented yet on a regular basis at in at CFC games. I don't think we're fully tapped into the um, the Latino community, and it looked to me like it resonated at least somewhat because I saw a lot of people. Um, that I didn't recognize and that were of Latino descent or new people. Some a lot of them white in our section. And that was just cool. It was just cool to see a lot of new people and, and new faces. And yeah, I loved it. And 3,500 people on a Sunday in October. Um, look, I, I hope soon we're at that 35 to four every game that would rule. Yeah. But this was just a big, a big positive step. And it made me really, really happy. I will stop going on and on about this, Matthew. Let's talk about this game. Um, you and I have had uh, several conversations going back and forth. Um, I was pretty despondent after the game, um, emotionally, <laughs> um, 
it was just, yeah, it sucked. So let's talk. I, I assume I'm not the only one feeling that way. Let's talk through it. Um, and also, let's just talk about what happened in the game. And uh, I have not rewatched. I, I did rewatch the goal. I did not realize Big Dick Lenny scored with his big dick. Uh, <laughs> but dick of the match over here, man. That was great. It was a, reminded me of Clint Dempsey humping the ball into the yeah. um, into the back of the net. It was just excellent. Um, yeah, it was great that he got that goal at the end. But let's talk about it, Matthew. Uh, for those who watched the game or who were there, you know it finished 1-1. If you don't, um, well, it finished 1-1. So let's talk through it and start with lineups. Yeah, so Jean-Antoine in goal, no surprise. He's played every every league minute available this season. Uh, at right back, Jung Wusso, uh coming back into the, into the squad a few weeks later. Uh, a few week, weeks later. Um, uh, and then Sebastian Capazucci at right center back. Uh, which meant no Anatoly Prepolitsa. Uh He was not even available in, in the 18. I'm told it's precautionary. Um, uh, I believe the words that were used uh, with us was, if this game was important, if, if it had been important and we thought we were going to spoil our draw, uh, we would have played him, but we felt good about our matchup and we wanted to save him for playoffs. Yeah. Not yeah. just playoffs, it, but it's just, just don't don't make a small injury worse. It, it's precautionary. And and we, we can talk about how that affected things or, or, or didn't later. Uh Left center back Aiden Bowers, who has also played every available minute in the league this year. Uh, left back Joseph Perez. Uh, center defensive midfielder Richard Dixon. Center midf- midfielder Alex McGrath. Center midfielder Luis Garcia Sosa. Uh, right wing Mutaya Mwape. Left wing Jesus Sabara. Striker Marcus Neidelstad. Um Let's talk about the first half and then we'll go into, in, into any sub moments. Let's do it. Um, I think I think the story of the first half is in many ways the story of the second half. Uh, it, it's just it's just dominance in terms of possession from CFC. Uh, Gold Star did not get uh, a chance to get out and attack very often, and and I think we kind of all knew that was gonna gonna be the way this game went. Um, if you had to predict what what was gonna happen, um, they they did something that interesting that Gold Star did. Number one is. And, and and remember they, they played, played a really good field player in goal. <laughs> they played midweek as well. Um, That's a good joke, Matthew. It was a good joke because it was almost very true uh, from from July. Um, no, so Gold Star this season, despite their 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 woes, uh, especially defensive woes, which is makes this game so much more interesting in terms of the result. Uh, they've they've been a team that wants to come out and play. Uh, they they try to put the ball on the ground. They try to play. They try to build out of the back. They try to do all the, all these things to, to play ball against other teams in the league. And, and I think their place in the table, it's, you know, oscillating between eighth and ninth, depending on results for them in Savannah has proven that it's been incredibly difficult for them. Um, and like, they've had a lot of off the field challenges this year. Uh, you know, a stadium, a, a lot of road games to start the season, uh, because they were building a stadium. Well, it turns out that didn't happen, and then it turns out the owner decided to bounce, um, and they've been held together by shoestrings. You know, players have left for a bunch of different clubs in the league already, and and they're kind of just holding it down with, you know, sixteen players or so. Not making me feel better. Well, I, I think that's, but like even through all that process this year, they've kind of maintained a commitment to like just go out and play, and. I think I think something that that we we see happening in games that CFC is involved in is is what Rod wants to happen. He wants like Rod's entire focus principally is 
We're going to focus on what we do and get better at what we do and make you adapt to us. The word Go- you're looking for is control. It's it, 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 like we we set the terms. We do all. It, it, this is what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Gold Star usually wants to have the ball and play in possession and, and play and build out of the back and do stuff like that. In this game, from the get-go, there was no us controlling, imposing our will and forcing Gold Star to change. Gold Star, as a strategy for this game, just decided it wasn't worth it. They never went short from a goal kick. They never went short. That is the most un-Gold Star-like approach. And now you can argue, probably a pretty smart one. Number one, because it worked. Number two, they just decided they did not want CFC to press them because they felt they were vulnerable. Spoiler alert, they are vulnerable in the press. Uh, and they were just going to kind of pick their moments, go long, try to win something 1v1 um, by attacking. Uh, usually it was attacking Jung Wusso side of the field. And I mean, he's not incredibly tall or anything like that. So they had a, a little bit of a taller winger on that side. And they would try to win, win the first ball and play out from there and try to get something. And in the, in the first half, it, they got like two shots or something like that. It wasn't a lot. They had one dangerous sequence of play in which they got two shots on the same play. Joseph Perez had one or two blocks in the same play. Yeah, That was yeah. their big dangerous moment. And it was very dangerous. The second shot that Joseph blocked, shout out JP, was a very dangerous chance, basically from the same place that Beto got his shot that we'll talk about in the second half. And you got the when you take a shot from the top of the box, right inside the right inside the eighteen or right outside the eighteen, you have the entire goal to shoot at. It's really tough to cut that angle for the goalkeeper. Yeah, and so you just had the highest probability, based on distance and players in between, of getting a shot on goal without the goalkeeper being able to get to it. So it was a very dangerous chance. We covered that. Something we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast. We have better individual goal, uh, not just goalkeepers, better <laughs> individual players defensively, excuse me, individual yeah. defenders than we have had maybe any other year in CFC's existence um, as a pro or an amateur team. Yeah. And the individual players make really good individual plays uh, defensively sometimes. And JP just shut that thing down by himself. Yeah. And and I don't know if he actually gets the first block. I haven't rewatched it. Maybe somebody else gets the first block, but it's very good. And that was basically the extent of Gold Star's danger except for their goal, which is um, an error on our end. Yeah, I think they had a, a, maybe another shot or two total in the first half, but it was like super deep, super not close, like just kind of typical stuff. Um, the, the same kind of on on the same a- kind of chances we've been allowing all year, which is almost yeah. nothing. I, on our end, uh, I remember the two free kicks that Marcus had opportunities on. One was was started out incredibly high. I thought he was going to completely sky it. And that thing dipped down real fast, hitting the hitting the football goalpost. Um, another one, I think he hit into the wall. There was another chance he had where kind of a slide rule ball was played for him, and he just tries to take it first time and, and beat the keeper near post, and he gets it into side netting or, or, or just just wide a little bit. He also had the turning shot in the second half where the ball was bouncing away from him, and he this spun. Is, this, is, this is first half. Oh, okay. This is first half. Uh, other, other than that, there wasn't a ton else. Uh, and, and certainly no like really big chances where you look back and you're like, mm, damn, I, I re- you know really thought that might go in. So look, man, we can talk about dominance and control, but we had essentially no big dangerous shots. The I, I keeper think, didn't I think have in the first argue. half any real saves. Correct. Like, there were no the keeper didn't make no saves in the first. If half. you're I'll quote our former coach Peter Fuller, which is possession without penetration is just masturbation. And we didn't create shots. We didn't create dangerous chances because it resulted in shots. And 
that doesn't feel good to uh to not not too untopically go off on a tangent here but we it, it was the equivalent of grabbing the hog in a live theater but not getting off that's a reference i don't get <laughs> it's but I'm, I'm sure there's some nerds out there that get that it's reference you don't watch the news <laughs> yes that's true so now and i want to talk about the first half uh in that sort of way because i think we need to talk about a really interesting change that occurred that occurred at halftime. Yes, it was let's a person. It was that. a personal change. Uh, Beto Alvarenga comes in at halftime for Jungwoo So, and and number one, uh, Jungwoo was on a yellow card. Uh, I think there was a his yellow card comes from essentially a free kick opportunity or that that caused a free kick. Uh, kind of close. Slid, he slid right over top of the ball. Uh, it's fine. It was a yellow card. It and, was. It was clearly a yellow. Uh, and in fact, he got the ball, so I'd call it clean. But. <laughs> So, but what what ends up happening is they decide to to change up the approach a little bit, uh, in in terms of personnel. Richard Dixon slides out to right back, which is interesting because it's the first time Richards played anything other than the six for Rod in these last two years. Um, I watched him play center back at Greenville, which you didn't uh, didn't go to. We're not we're not counting a, a preseason friendly in freaking two thousand twenty. He's also he has played. Um, I think he's played. A center back one other time when we were chasing late um, where they, they subbed out a center back and he just like pushed into that same center back kind of like he did at the end of this game um, but correct I don't think we have definitely never made a halftime substitution to push him out to right back right. at any point uh, in in doing so uh, Beto Alvarenga went to to become one of the tens and Alex McGrath slid back to become kind of the main the main pivot option. So uh, another thing that happened here is that whole first half which we already mentioned they targeted Jung Wusso they picked him out as the weak point um, as, as what they they thought was the weak point, they put their best player in Roddy, uh, former CFC player who celebrated way too hard in that goal. Go fuck yourself! And they really, really like pressured that position. And so when you take a more experienced, longtime pro who's bigger physically and just no offense to Jung Wusso, just a much better player, and you put them out at that right wing, that right back position. We also changed their only offensive outlet, rendering it essentially null. Not that it was really good, but like Rodney was da- uh, Roddy, excuse me, Roddy was danger adjacent a bit in the first half, where he beat Jung Woo and and then had no one to pass to, or they they tried to double or triple um, uh, three players coming down that side, so that the center back had to come out and create mismatches. You just weren't going to get that against Richard. And if they, yeah, and, and they even moved Roddy to the to the right so side. They uh, correct. They moved Roddy to the other side. To, but to I'm just po- I'm just pointing out it's not only and there's another thing that happened. Obviously, is we got another attacking player up, up top, and the best chance of the game actually falls to him. Um, but it just it changed uh, the way we were defensively. And since they weren't coming forward at all, you really didn't need Richard to clean up in the midfield um, and and run around, which he still did plenty of that. But you had Alex there and Alex could just be the offensive piece uh, and you didn't need Richard's like defensive prowess in that position anymore because the gold star wasn't going to come out. They had even before their goal, they had eight players in their own box. Yeah. Um, and, and if they were going to come out, it was going to happen on, on the wings and, where, where and having, and having your two highest motor players in Richard and, and JP yep. highest motor defensively players right there to snuff out stuff could potentially, if they did come out strong and over and over kind of committed to it, could could have led to potential counterattack or kind of like recounter uh, opportunities. Obviously, that didn't happen at all. Gold Star was for the most part stayed in that shell, and uh, but like the offense in in the in the second forty five, and I guess we'll go specifically up until the goal because goals change games. 
uh, in in up until you know forty fifth minute to to seventy seventh minute. I mean, it, it was it was locked in. Like Goldstar was in a bunker; they were not coming out except for clearances. Um, and even then, like they halfway came out and they full on retreated back because there was no commitment to playing. And a lot of times, we only had two or three players back, and everyone else was completely yeah. up in the box. Richard would be way up high. JP would be way up high. Alice McGrath would sometimes be way up high as well. You had Beto and Luis for large portions of that game basically stationed equally, like equal distant, equidistant from each other on the edge of their box, like on the edge of the 18. You had the wingers like midway down the 18 going towards the goal, and then you had two players right at the top of the box, two tens, and then you had Marcus in the middle, yeah. and then and then you had the um, the outside backs pushed up next to them, and then you had Alex either right behind them or right in front of them. I mean, it was all-out positional pressure from right. our end on uh, Goldstar, who were not looking to do anything but boot it long. And we, we got a little bit better in, in that first in that first 15 minutes of the second half with Beto's inclusion. Uh, at 60th minute, we make a sub. Juan Louis comes in for Matai Mwape. Um, it, it was not Matai's best night. I think he would admit to that as well. Uh, but also, like, the game required a little something different. And... Uh, one thing about Juan Louis is is he's just a direct player. Uh, he does not often, uh, he does not often like try to invite you in, uh, to provide pressure and then and then beat you. He just gets the ball at his feet and goes, and he just tries to just blow past you immediately before you have time to react. And and I thought that inclusion really helped because he created two chances. Uh, oh, it, it basically his first foray of the. Of- Right in the right after he gets I mean, sub, is cutting in his left foot, shooting, and it's, it goes just over. It, it, just, it just skims, you know, comes down a little bit too late and hits the the top of the net. There was another situation where there was some nice some nice combo play on his side of the field. Ball ends up actually at Marcus's feet, and Marcus does really well just to kind of like kind of ball roll it out, and 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 what it goes right to Juan, and he takes a, a, a shot with his left foot, and it goes just just wide. One of those one of those kind of moments where. You know, maybe it sneaks in in the near post. Maybe it goes wide. Maybe it deflects off of a uh, a, a gold star player's leg and wrong foots the keeper. Like, there's a lot of you know a lot of chances there. Um, but like, it was another another nice step of like a little bit more, um, a, a little bit more pressure, a little bit more danger, mostly danger adjacent, but just a little bit more. And then we get to. Uh, the 70th minute, there's a there's a bit of a, a, a couple-minute break for a Gold Star player uh, to get yeah, injured, I guess, and come they off. They were wasting time from the fucking sixth minute. Correct. And, and uh, you know, we the, the game restarts, and, and Richard's playing pretty high at, at this point on, on, on the right-hand side. And there's a little bit of combo play, and uh, the ball comes out to Alex, and Alex just clips a ball over the top in behind, there's just a little bit of space, and he just clips the ball over the top. Juan Louis runs on, uh, which is another reason why I think his inclusion was interesting because it allows a little bit of something in behind. And yeah, Juan, he's just a, he's a little more direct. And and Juan Louis just like you know ball bounces and he just takes it off the half volley, sends it into into the box. Both uh, both Marcus and a gold star defender, are, you know, both kind of going up for the header. Neither get there. Ball bounces in the box and it comes right to Beto's left foot, and he just takes a swing at it. Uh, and he hits it purely, but it's just right at the goalkeeper. Goalkeeper saves it out for a corner. 
uh, that's the best chance of the night. That's the first time that we were able to actually like break down Gold Star, like truly break them down and create a good opportunity. If only, yeah, it was really the only opportunity actually that that, that happened. Uh, I, I guess you can argue that that Jesus beating a couple of guys in the 89th minute and shooting the ball that the keeper parries directly into Lenny's dick is breaking down the defense in in, in some way. But like you might say, it was dicking down the defense. A but like that, those were really. The, I mean, that was it. Like, and 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 all credit to Goldstar that they, they created a, a good game plan and, and made it incredibly difficult and put the onus on us to break them down. Uh, and 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 we just weren't able to. Seventy seventh minute. Let's just. I'm gonna. I, I don't want to talk about this goal very often or, or very much. And I also don't want to talk about it very often. Um. It's just it's just an, an unfortunate situation where there's a lack of communication, trying to keep the pressure up, trying to keep the waves up, and and center backs and and, and goalkeeper aren't on the same page. And uh, one of the rare chances that that Goldstar had anyone like take a chance and get out of the bunker a little bit, and just it's just a, a misplaced pass. And no, it's just Aiden plays the ball back for Jean, and Jean is not where where Aiden thinks he's gonna be gonna be so it's a bit of a no look pass and it goes right past Jean to on rushing Roddy who just you know basically dribbles it in essentially right and uh yeah it sucks yeah uh not long after that it's just another essential essentially an own goal which if we're being rational about things like because we're allowing next to nothing it hurts so much more right to to like beat ourselves um it also sucks because we didn't create jack shit in this game um, overall for like dangerous chances. It may have been waves of pressure, but it was not waves of shots. Yeah, I, I Every, think... we were not, we and we haven't talked about this yet, we were not sharp with our passing. We no. were not sharp with our dribbling. We could not beat a guy cleanly and get a pass off. We could not make the pass one recycling that was in stride perfectly so that then the, the player could take a little touch and look up. Something was just a smidge off every single time. And if we are not going to be sharper, we won't win. We might not win... We might not win the regular season, much less the playoffs. We have to be sharp. We're going to face similar bunkers to this the rest of the season, and Gold Star are not good. Michigan Stars are far better than Gold Star. Far better. We If we face, if we play like this against Michigan Stars, we're going to go to penalties or we're going to lose. We, we we have to be better. Well, that was happy, Cheery. But also, you're you're not... Not really wrong. Like, and then this is why this feels so bad is because we have been so dominant and we are so much better. And since we are that much better than the rest of the league, talent wise and overall play wise, we're pushing these teams into bunkers. And every one of Rod's teams, we've talked about this, does it goes up a little bit, then it plateaus, and it goes up a little bit, then it plateaus, and it goes, and that's fine. Progress is not linear, and when we know that, but we've only got three games essentially left. Four if if the magical um, Club de Leon game happens, <laughs> and if we only have four games to get on that next trajectory up because we're on this plateau that we've been on for a couple games and or more than a couple. And if we don't get better, it is the same thing that it's been all season as the wingers go, we go. And if we don't get individual brilliance out of a winger, the offense is not clicking. And if we, I, the offense doesn't click and we go to penalties, it's a, it's a moot point because penalties are a crapshoot. Right. Like, is Jean excellent at penalties? Yes. It certainly seems that he is, but we cannot rely on that. We are good enough to beat these teams outside of that, and we've got to, got to, got to play better. And we can talk a little bit also about why we're not playing as well, um, and, and most of that is probably injury-related as well. 
Um, and we should talk about some of that. But it, for those of us that are feeling negative about how we're playing, it's not misplaced about feeling bad because we're not we're not scoring. But I don't also think that the outlook is only negative. It's just we're running low on time. And and something that you and I talked about after that game, so I'll get off this only negative feeling of mine. Something we talked about after this game is that uh, trust the Rod says is a, is a thing that we jokingly say, but it's true. you got to trust the process. Rod is a process coach. He is not a, in this game, in this matchup, I put you, something you said earlier, I put you in this formation with these positions and these p- personnel because that's how we match up better to co- uh, counter what they do. No, no, no. We go out in our, our formation, we play our game, and you're going to match up to us. Yeah. And you're going to change how you play. And, and, is, we, and we've seen that. And that is, that's how Rod's been since day one. That's how Rod was last year, or two years ago, rather, when he wasn't CFC's coach. So we are currently obviously doing that, um, but we're not doing that on as high of a level, one might argue, because of injury. And we saw in this game that in the second half, Rod didn't make a sub. He did not trust the process, quote unquote, to get us to be better um, like for four weeks from now. Right. He went, we got to win today. And he made an attacking midfielder stub at half. Mm-hmm. He moved Richard Dixon in a position he's never played before, as you pointed out. Played for us before. For, for, for us. He's played his whole, play, his whole career play, right Played for Rod. Right, right, right. Yeah, you're Sorry, leave that caveat there. Um, but he made subs that were directly and fully for let's win this game. And by the way, it, it did result in a goal. It did result in, in us changing the game. Yeah, it so we haven't, big we, haven't, we haven't talked about this. Let's, let's uh, go there. 80, 83rd minute, uh, the substitution is Lenny Lopez. Uh, as and a kind of a customary late game chasing sub that we've made before. The interesting bit was, uh, he made the sub for Sebastian Capazucci, and what we ended up going with with, with a two striker front and and three at the back was more a, like two at the back. It was three at the back. It was Joseph Perez, Aiden Bowers, and Richard Dixon. But then, uh, Perez and Dixon just kind of moved up. Uh, in kind of like that that six line with Alex, and it was just one at the back with that with the giant striker they put on. Um, what I'm telling you is, Joseph Perez got forward plenty, and Richard Dixon got forward plenty. A lot of times it was just two in the back. Um, yeah, so we we go to two strikers up front. Right now we are playing the same thing I described earlier, where you have both tens in Beto and Luis like on the. Eight, top of the 18-yard box, each out on each side a little bit. You have both wingers who are now down further towards the uh, towards the end line, but coming in. You have two strikers in the box in um, Lenny and Marcus. And then you have um, Alex pushing up into that space, and you have the fullbacks, or essentially the guys who were playing fullback now, choosing whether to go forward or not. And it is just pressure on pressure on pressure. And so that felt good because it was pressure, and it did result in a goal, but it was almost like matching a bunker with a bunker. Like it's not a bunker, right? But it's like the opposite. It's, it's committing every number forward. So first of all, you're extremely vulnerable going backwards. Yeah. Um, because you have essentially one defender playing back some of the time. And then you are, there's no space. You're filling it with people. They're filling it with people. So you're just doing whatever you can and it does result in a goal so i'm not shitting on it it's the right thing to do right and you it's ha- the right you have to. everything is is what it is the problem is it's not easily repeatable as like this is now how we're going to break down a bunker is it possible that rod says fuck all y'all second half i'm just going to put six players in the box and try to you know do that it's possible um it's just it's it's good that it worked 
uh, it's just hard to there, look at it as... There's a reason why we only go to it when like we're chasing and have to absolutely change the game in some way. Yes. And there's a reason why we don't do it when we're, when we're uh, say, tied in the second half. Also, from that goal, and we should talk about that goal some more, um, but from that goal, I am still hoarse. <laughs> so the goal is is just um, it's it's just one of those one of those plays. I think there's a clearance and ball comes comes to to JP. Uh, I think he receives a pass first, and he just turns and he plays it out wide to Abara, and Abara makes a child fall down. That child. Oh oh oh! We got to rewind a little bit. The <laughs> best moment of this game. Sorry, Lenny. Sorry, everybody else. The best moment of this game is Dylan Ramos. There. That's that's his name, right? The keeper. Oh yeah, I know you're going. So with this. they brought in the child, who's probably not a child. He looks like Ali Jaimes if Ali Jaimes was 15. Um, <laughs> like he's just a smaller version of like uh, of. He's got this. Uh, he had a similar haircut. Like anyway, he was just really small guy, and like Ali Jaimes would have looked like an actual adult next to him. It would look like a little brother syndrome there. And Ali Jaimes, I'm just using that because he might be, I think he's the smallest of stature guy on our team. Uh, maybe Damien's smaller. I don't know, but small, small guys. This guy made them look like giants. And he was like super feisty, running around, really trying to prove his, his which I have no problem with. He was definitely um, talking some shit after there was a little fisty cuffs shoving thing off the ball. And Dylan Ramos, their keeper, comes out and literally football tackles, dives, picks him up picks like a child. Up, but he, but he's like, he starts to pull, he starts to like literally tackle him to the ground, but then keeps his feet and walks him off because off the ball, there's a little thing going on in a little bit closer to the goal. And Dylan Ramos runs over there. Kudos to him. He's breaking up the thing. Like almost everybody's good. Like everybody's good. And then this kid and Beto start like mixing it up and it looks like a child talking to his dad and and if Betsa looks like your dad like again you're just not a real big person and he's like he's doing something I can't really tell what's going on and there's a maybe there's another player there I don't know and then out of nowhere you see Ramos running at full sprint and I think he's going to like, I, I think it's going to be an absolute fight I think he's going to spear somebody or throw a punch just because you see somebody running into a fight and you're like it's, oh it's no never, it's never good it's never good but what he does is absolutely take out his own player which is the <laughs> smartest thing he could have done yeah. he kept them you know because uh, his player was probably about to get a red card if his actions and his body language were what was going on. I, I don't think he's sprinting without without thinking the same thing. And there. he just, uh, it was so good. And, and shout out to him. Um, <laughs> That's legend. Shit, that man. is that is legendary. When, when Gold Star is gone, they will always have this moment. That was so. It was so. It was so good. Um, okay, so now let's let's get back to that goal. Sorry, I just remembered that. Yeah. So so uh, JP just like turns, sends the ball into, into a bar on the left wing. And, um, and a bar is already like on the edge of the box. Like, I mean, goal star is like all the way bunkered in, like into the box and a bar just like makes the kid miss. Uh, cause he kind of lunges and he just kind of scoots it past him. Just and, roast. And him. then, and then this, one of the things that has plagued us, uh, during this game and in some other games, uh, against like say flower city on, on occasion is it's fine to beat the first man, but there's always a second guy there that you have to deal with. And, and if you have a triangle, which is something we've talked about, if you have th our three guys up and it's three on two or three on three, you can rondo around, you can make runs, right, you can but do But it's whatever. really hard to beat just two guys. But one expecting one guy to do Taylor Gray shit, essentially, which is what he, we started out the year with him doing, right? And it's been kind of all season. If we're getting numbers forward and if players can beat somebody, beat the first guy, or occasionally beat the second guy as well, our offense is very good. Asking them to beat two guys in a row is too much. 
Right. So, but what happens here is, is Abara beats the first guy. He does. And then he takes his nets tucked back to the inside, which essentially gives him a, a shooting angle and takes out the second option, the second And because defender. we're chasing, he doesn't pass, he shoots. Right. He just goes ahead and because the angle's there, so he goes ahead and takes a shot. And I mean, look, it's a rough angle to shoot from, but I, I have no problem with the shot. And, yeah. and like Because keeper, exactly what happens is what you and, hope might happen. And he puts it across the keeper's body, so the keeper has to, like, it's not like the keeper just, like, stands up and blocks Correct. it. The like, keeper has to actually go make a save. Parries and, it. So. And in doing that, he parries it right into Lenny's dick. Because now there's, there's, it's not just Marcus in the box there. There's Marcus and Lenny. Yep. So, there, so the defenders are, have they a They can't cover more, both of them as easily. Right. So, like, and, and like, look, is it fortunate? Absolutely. But Lenny's there. He's in the position he's supposed to be. He's there to clean up some stuff. And it, it hits off of him. And, and then he kind of like, he and the defender, like, kind of go together like towards race the, to it yeah yeah and like i think i think he said he like got his like a like the, the, the smallest portion of his toe he might have got his toe on it what what he really did though by getting there is, is he make sure, sure the, the defender the, could not could not clear it off the line bingo and and the ball goes in crowd goes crazy oh my it's, god it's pandemonium uh and also it was lenny's birthday weekend so uh shout out lenny for, oh hell yeah for a, a birthday weekend goal and uh and then, you know, there's like, I don't know, five, six minutes of stoppage time, whatever it ends up being. And and right after that, right, and, and the, literally the next wave of attack, uh, we put a ball in over the top and something we don't do very often. Uh, but like it, 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 back into the bunker again, we send a ball in. And I think Juan Louis is just this far away from getting something on it and putting it in the back of the net. Uh, and that's probably the last, the last decent opportunity we had. Uh, game finishes 1-1. Yeah, it was um, so it was it was frustrating. It was nice that we finally got the goal. Um, I one thing I did like is that, and, or maybe not like one thing that kind of proves my point is like we are, and I, I it's not something you would disagree with me on. When our wingers play well, when we beat a guy, we become more dangerous. And unfortunately, in this game, our wingers couldn't beat one guy or two guys because a lot of times there was a second run, second wave coming, or we didn't have the numbers forward to get in the triangle. And there's like nine players in the box. And unfortunately, and here's my fear, and here's where I'm feeling very negative. We are going to face essentially this same defense the rest of the year. Flower City did it to us, and look how much we created against Flower City overall this year. Not a ton. And three matches, not a ton. There, we're going we're gonna to see in two We get, we get them weekends. in two weeks. We get, we get Savannah, who's already drawn against us once this year, playing a fairly bunkered, bunkered style uh, in that first match against us. And I think at, what sets up the, se- the second match is that we were able to get an early goal. Uh, and, and really, that's maybe that's the... the it, it, it's weird. Like, the key to, to key to CFC is just getting an early goal, which is also the key to everybody, right? It's also the key to beating a bunker no matter who you're playing. Yeah. Whatever that first chance... The longer chance, it goes, whatever the, more, that first the chance more faith is, and belief they you get. You gotta take it. The key to a bunker is faith and belief. It's one of the reasons Michigan Stars have been so good for so long is because they defend like it's their job. Genuinely, it is their job, but they really take pride in that defending. And look, they're not as good at it this year. But in general, that has been their DNA since they started that team. And they're they're very good at it. It's why it's why it, at, on this level and why at, at every level, think about think about how good Manchester City is in the Premier League. It's why on any given day, anyone can beat anyone. Because... Soccer is just one of those sports where, you know, damn the odds, damn your XG. You know, if you just, if you don't somehow put the ball in the back of the net, you know, it all all it takes is one chance, one mistake, and it's one nil to the other team. Like, 
Gold Star Game is a great example of that. Also, everyone now knows what we're going to do. And that doesn't make it what we're doing wrong. But what I'm saying is everyone knows our wingers are going to try to beat you. And you and you should definitely not foul us um, in close to the box because yeah, Marcus uh, will get a free kick. Gold, Gold Star got away with a couple. Uh, they did a, a couple there, but also like that's just part of it. You'd, you'd rather him take a free kick opportunity than you would say uh, a clean shot from twelve yards or a clean shot from from sixteen yards. You know, sure. Um, so, where do you want to go from here? You want to talk about injuries? Yeah, yeah, we're kind of we're kind of through that that portion. So yeah, let's let's talk about some injuries because I think that I think this colors and conditions everything we're doing right now. Yeah, and how exactly how we're playing and exactly how we're feeling as well. So let's let's talk about breaking down a bunker. There are uh, a couple of ways to do it. You can uh, take your opportunities on set pieces, free kicks, whatever. You can free kicks and corners. Corners. Uh, well, I was thinking direct from free kicks. Or free kicks and corners. Uh, uh, Alex McGrath makes every um, every corner possibly a direct free <laughs> kick. Uh, that's good. That's good. Uh, and and then it's just like general the general process of breaking down a team through through patience, crisp passing, and an incisive passing, or or like destabilizing via beating someone one on one. You know something we didn't see that we have seen when we've been successful in breaking down bunkers is that possession in the corners of the 18 yard box where we're passing it around the top and we're pushing them further and further in. And then they're getting, they're receiving passes and dribbling towards somebody right in the corner of that 18 yard box. Yeah. I think San Diego away last year. I think, um, who was it away this year? We went and scored two goals immediately after we went down one, nothing. Uh, Maryland, Maryland, like where we just were pinging the ball, not pinging is wrong. Where we're bound, we're going to just bing, 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 bing around, our, dribbling our, around. Our ability to hold possession in, in basically in, in their box, in in that on just on the edge of the box, and cutting like, into their because one thing that makes it more dangerous is once you're dribbling in the box, they can't foul you, they can't be physical, they can't risk fouling you. Yeah. And one thing that we're not, unfortunately, right now, and we've said it already, but it bears repeating, we're not really sharp right now. When we are really sharp, we can do that exact thing because we had the numbers to do that thing. Yeah. But every, almost every pass was a half a yard off or to the wrong foot or the first touch was slightly off or the first dribble around a guy got deflected a little bit and you had to recycle and then you have to push back out to get possession again. And it just, we, we didn't have that precision. And without that precision breaking down a bunker becomes really difficult because you need to be absolutely sharp as a, as a sharpened knife, <laughs> sharp as a tack, sharp as a nail, sharp as, I don't know, what's the sharpest object? You know, we, you have to be extremely razor sharp yeah. with your, because if every pass is perfect, you can work your way through all those players. If every pass isn't perfect, that number of players in that spot, all you have to do is have it just a smidge off and they get a foot in and they it, get a bounce. And it's not just that. It's the time. So like, and the timing, it's, it's all about like working the ball around, you know, waiting for the defensive rotation to be just a little bit off and then exploiting the space that's created. And if the first touch or, or the pass isn't just quite right, then it takes extra time or the dribble to settle to settle that ball and and then look for no what's time. next. You have no more time. And by that point in time, the gap is closed and you're you're back off starting over. And if you do that for 5, 10, 20, 45 minutes at a time, you're just going to you're you're not going to be able to to take advantage of the gaps when they open up. And they do open up, but like really good bunkered teams, it takes a while to open them up. It has to be cons- that consistent pressure. 
uh, to like we're, to break them mentally even. Well, you just have to be sharp when they do open up. Right. Sometimes it's immediately. If you think about that um, away at Maryland, we went from um, being a little bit not sharp to 10 minutes of pure power and sharpness where we went just down and absolutely steamrolled them with sharpness right. and, and waves of pressure. Went and scored two goals and dropped back. We haven't seen, and I'm not saying since that game necessarily, but we haven't seen that level of precision, sharpness, and waves of pressure combined enough this season. And if we are going to take the next step into that next the next plateau or that next level, we have to have that. And that's what it's going to take to break these teams down. Or, like you said, set pieces. And set pieces can be direct free kicks. Yeah. And set pieces can be corners. Set pieces can be balls played in from direct free kicks or from recycling of, of free kicks. But back to injuries, one thing we didn't have this last game and we haven't had for a little while is... Uh, one player in Colin Stripling who's, who is very tall and good in the air and who takes, more, maybe more importantly, takes one of the big defenders or big players away from the other players on the field so you have less they have less opportunity or we have less opportunity to be dangerous in the box because you can put a bigger, better defender on somebody else. And Anatoly wasn't there this game. Yep. And Anatoly is an absolute focal point for them on every play. If they don't call a foul on him for being big, he is a <laughs> danger in scoring and even on the end on the recycle as well. And so we are just not as dangerous from direct. And we, I you know we've talked a, a little bit on this podcast and we've talked off the podcast with people about um, Sean Weldon talked about it. Sometimes you have to just throw the ball in the box, right? I, while I think we are playing correctly with our short versus long corners, mostly our long corners are not near as effective without one or uh, in particular both of those guys because we it takes up defenders and or they are direct um threats on that uh, and right now we only have essentially one large player in Aiden Bowers in the box anytime there is a a direct ball played in and you I think you felt that a little bit in this game and it just takes away a way you can score against a bunkered team because right. everything becomes even on a set play because on a set play everyone's always in the box Right on a, on a free kick that's going to be crossed in or on a corner, everyone's always in the box. If we aren't at our best on those, it takes away one way we could score that doesn't that they can't negate by having all their players back. They yeah. can negate a lot of our advantage in skill and in whatever else, in plan, in sharpness, and whatever else by having all those players back. But on a on a set piece, everything's equal to how it always would be. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't. And so, but if you want a positive, more. if you want a positive potential here. We are starting to get healthy. So we can talk about some more injuries, but um, Colin Stripling, I don't know when he's coming back, but it's been a little bit since his injury. That's the first piece. Anatoly was held out for, with a precautionary thing, so he should be back soon. That's two players that if you get them back, we will be back to our our, our best 11, quote-unquote, uh, I think, or, or best 12 players being available. And it will make us better. It should make us better immediately on set pieces again. The other thing is, and, and I don't know what, what it's going to have um, for the playoffs, but we saw Ethan Corrin. Mm -hmm. And Taylor Gray, mm -hmm. both on the bench. We saw Ali Jaimez get his debut a couple weeks ago on the um, back from injury. So that's three more players. I don't think we're getting Jonathan Partida, unfortunately. Um, that is his name, right? I didn't just yeah fuck his name. I just I said that and it sounded weird. We're not getting um, Partida back, and so if we don't get Tita back, it just is what it is. But we're getting healthy little by little. Does that mean that our our season is going to suddenly magically turn? Of course not. But I want to point out that this will be the first time we've had some health potentially in our squad as we go through these last few weeks. And maybe just maybe it will give us 
a little extra gear or a little extra opportunity or potentially a little uh, different look if you have another player available um, off the bench or in person. With I mean, imagine Taylor Gray coming in those last 10 minutes uh, against tired legs. I don't know when we get Taylor Gray back, but yeah, that's I, so, a mouth-watering possibility. So, so Taylor Taylor on the bench is interesting, and I, I'm I'm going to guess that people saw saw his name on the bench and then also wondered why he didn't come on to help chase chase that game a little bit. And I think it comes down to one thing, risk versus reward. The risk of, of putting him back out there too soon is probably not worth it uh, compared to like trusting the Rod Sess and, 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 having, and having the group that was out there continue to work, continue to try to solve the problem in front of them. Um, uh, that's that's my that's my guess and speculation. I did not talk to anyone about about why why we didn't see him. Speaking of tr- trust, the rod says I want to go back to something um, that we talked about earlier and that I've said before, uh, that I said, but I didn't really finish all, all of the thought. It feels really bad to not generate any chances, any big chances, right? However, and it feel and it almost feels worse to uh, genuine. This is a very weird thing, but I think it almost feels worse to have all of the ball to create next to nothing shooting wise. And then the other team and this, this game in particular, because they, the other team got one little chance and they got the goal that feels worse than being the non favored team, than sitting back and, and hoping to get out. And then the inevitability that the other team scores, oops. Oh, well, well, we gave it our best. We overachieved. It feels inherently like we're underachieving with all this possession. However, I want to point out, that can be true in some ways. But one thing possession gives you when you don't mess up, and we did mess up in this game, but one thing possession gives you when you don't mess up is if the other team doesn't have the ball, it's very score. fucking hard to score for them. Yeah, We made a big error in this game. If you go back one by one through our goals, which I don't want to do, but if you go back one through one through our goals allowed this season, many of them, are through individual errors. I mean, like I'll I'll just do it for you real quick. We've, no, I don't really want to. We've scored nine, or we we've given up nine goals in the league. Three of them are PKs. Uh, oh, I just noticed that this is one of your takeaways. My bad. Keep one going. one is a, an absolute fucking rocket banger. Uh, one is the only like quote unquote good goal we've given up all At season. LA. And there are four like easily definable mistakes. Um, uh, that's it. So <laughs> like, and, and by the way, that's half the number of goals of the second most stringent team in the league. Half. So the, the next closest uh, team has 18. 18. I think two teams have 18 goals conceded. And, and the reason I want to point that out is it's not all doom and gloom, but it feels bad. So when I say trust the rod says, uh, I mean it. I am, I am nervous that it, we won't get to our heights and that we won't hit where we want to hit. Right. What I am not, what I do want to point out though, for those maybe that are feeling like me, and it's something I'm telling myself, is that when we are this dominant, even though it feels bad when we don't create, even if we aren't creating and some of that possession is sterile, we are still keeping the other team from creating anything. Yeah. Like, is there an argument that maybe we would want to sit back and create things in transition? That is much easier said than done, by the way. Yeah, because the other team has to also want that. Right. Um, <laughs> But if we're thinking about being dominant and feeling dominant and feeling like we're, we're doing something, there's also something that you do with control. When you control the game and you control the ball, you keep the other team from having 
to being able to dictate anything. I'm not saying it's all positive because we need to be better. We have to be, we have to be sharper. We have to be better um, individually and collectively. And look, we've we've got to get healthy. I think for us to hit our our potential here. But also, there is a positive in being as dominant as we were and are in possession. There is a, a positive in pinning these teams back and having them set up like this. Look, it sucks when they set up completely differently against us than they set up against anyone else. We, did we talk about Maryland, Michigan on this podcast yet? No. So Maryland played, went up to Michigan. I didn't watch the game, but Maryland beat Michigan 2 nothing. Mm-hmm. Maryland and Michigan set, will set up differently when they play each other than when they play us. Yeah. That's Gold, just... Goldstar will play everyone differently than the way they play us. And that is a bummer, but that is the reality. Yeah. And if there, we're just not with a team and a coach and a culture that allows the other team to dictate anything. Yeah. And so when I'm trusting the process, trusting the rod says, I am, I am going with, this is the way we're going to do it. We will win games on our terms. We will, we will lose games on our terms. And we tied that game last night. On not because goal, right. Not because Gold Star was good, not because they were great, but because we fucked up. Because we weren't good enough. Because we fucked up. That game should have been a zero zero draw or a one nothing win, or maybe a three nothing win if we if we were sharper. I mean, but if, my point if is, one of those Gold Star, one of those goals then we're off to the races. Gold but. Star had one little point. We talked about this earlier. One little part of of possession there, and two little shots, and we made some good individual defensive plays. They did fucking nothing outside of that. The hardest goal. For us to score is our first goal. It is. And my it, point... Because that's the goal that changes every... every like, game plans against us will go out the window if we get that first goal. Yes. But we have to get that first goal. We do. And we have to we have to kill the hope. What did what did Rod say on our podcast two years ago? You have to... You have to when you get the big chance, you have, you to, have to score it. it. And, when, and then when you get the second big chance, you also have to score it so that that team never has hope. Yeah. Right now, and, and in general, if a team stays 0-0 in the 70th minute or whatever, they have hope that they can get you to 90 minutes at 0-0, which for everyone else in this league is a win. Against us, if you draw us home or away, it's a win. Yeah. And, it, and listen, if, if you want to be, be real specific, like the, the chance in the 70th minute is the chance that you have to you have to score? Yes, and I am also. And, not and a, by the way, and, and like for the record, I'm not like I'm, we're not putting this on Beto. Like we're not no. putting this on any, any of the individual players, including like Aiden and, and, and John on, on the goal that we gave up. Like we're not putting this on anyone. This is really where we are now. Is this is actually almost the perfect uh, the per, per the perfect playoff prep because everyone's yes. going to come out and bunker us in these next few games. Everyone's going to come out and just try to deny us, try to steal a point. Um, trying to finish their season on a high, trying to take something from us. Uh, he's been the best team in the league overall this season. And guess what's going to happen in a in a semifinal, a playoff semifinal at home, assuming we get three more, four more, four more points, five more points, whatever it is. The team that plays us at Finley Stadium in a playoff semifinal is going to come out and bunker the fuck out of the game, and we're it's going to be on us to deal with the problem in front of us, break them down, find a goal, hang on, try to get a second one. Like, and by the way, the final will be the same way. So I hope y'all like watching this because like we're going to see if we can go to the next level now and and take or, that next step. if we can get a little luck. Well, listen, I'll take luck. You, you know I'd rather be lucky than good, hands down. 
I'm, and, I, and I am pointing out, we have gotten zero luck the last few games. Yep. It may not come back around, but sometimes you get a lucky bounce, ball goes in, and you're off of the races. And sometimes a lot of belief will, 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 will take care of that. So a little, a little bit of sharpness, uh, hopefully a little bit of injury recovery, and and we still have... Look, we don't have... We don't have we didn't have prep elite since tripling, which we already talked about. We didn't have a partita. We haven't talked about um, haven't Damian talked about Rodriguez. Damian at all. The kid hasn't. The kid hasn't been here. And you look at like we we had one winger substitution essentially that we made. Not essentially. We only made one winger substitution. I'm not saying Jesus needed to be subbed, but if Rod wanted to sub him, he had one option on the bench. Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess Ali, I, was Ali Hymas on the bench. No. So he had no Ali Hymas on the bench, which I don't know what's going on there, and maybe another injury. Who knows? And Taylor Gray clearly wasn't ready or. I think he would have played him, um, at least in at some point. So he was on the bench, but maybe not quite available or maybe not worth it, whatever it is. You don't have Damien, so you don't have fresh legs. I think Rod's system, and, and obviously Jesus ends up creating the goal in the end. So I'm not like, this isn't me taking shots at Jesus. My point being is Damien's another player that potentially could have been helpful and it's not back around. So we have a lot of margin for getting better as we get healthier and just as we play the next few games against the bottom of the table, bottom half of the table. Yeah, but it, it just teams that are going to bunker. So it, right, it, which gives us which gives us a chance to same. get better. Yeah, functionally, it's going to be a lot of good reps for for playoff season. So coming up uh, Saturday at Savannah, the following Saturday at Flower City, uh, the following Saturday is at Savannah again, and then the following Wednesday, allegedly a home game versus Club de Leon. So Matthew, first of all, happy birthday. Hey, thanks. Um, today's Matthew's birthday, for anyone who didn't know. Uh, this weekend... That, by the way, that means you have to put the podcast out today. Yeah, I might put it out tomorrow. We'll see. <laughs> um, the Matthew and I are headed down to um, Savannah for a quick trip. Yeah. Um, I, w- I just mentioned I was just in Savannah for that bachelor party, so uh, I am selfishly glad we're not going down for four days. Um, I don't know if I could do Savannah for another four <laughs> days. Um, but we're headed down on Saturday. Um, last, last road trip of the season for us. You should, if you can, get to that game, y'all. It's going to be fun. Um, there will be a nice little group. It won't be as big a group as it would have been if the game didn't get postponed, which is neither here nor there, but it's going to be a good little crew. I can't wait. Um, the following week to Rochester, I don't know if anybody's going. Uh, you and I are not. Um, I've got uh, CISV things and whatever else here that I can't go, and I don't want to go. Any to be clear, Rochester sucks. Um, and then Savannah again, which is the reschedule, which I can't make. Uh, we have Cody Harris, who's now getting his fourth mention on the podcast, I think. Um, <laughs> his and Madison. Shout out, Madison. Uh, they're... Um, wedding reception uh, party here in Chattanooga is that that Saturday, which was not scheduled on a uh, initial CFC game. So um, <laughs> good for them. They did not mess this up. This is all Nisa's fault. And so going to that here, won't go to that Savannah game. And then potentially the following week could be a, a coming home to, and hopefully it's not a um, home playoff game. Yeah. So, so which we have clinched right now. We have clinched a home of playoff some game. kind. We, we will, cannot we will finish not, lower than fourth. Correct. We but, are. I believe it's. Uh, let me actually look at the look at the table here. And if you listen to this on Wednesday, I feel like there's a matinee game. So this only applies to Tuesday, October third. Uh, um, which was the nine a.m. game? That was day? last week. That well, was Flower well, City Gold Star. Okay, I couldn't remember who it was. So we was. are we are three points out of uh, officially eliminating Albion from being ahead of us in the table. We are five points on LA Force. We are six points on Michigan Stars. That's points that we gain or points they drop. Good. Okay. So, Matthew, uh, let's... And that's with four games, by the way. Three and a half. 
if the third one, if the fourth one doesn't happen, it's a forfeit. So, I mean, one may hope. It's supposed to be a home game for us, which is wild. Also, if you're listening to this and you are a season ticket holder, uh, tickets were just released for the playoffs. Correct. Um, in the past, playoffs have always been included in your season ticket. If you're used to that, which I am, look, it's a bummer. However, this is how pro sports work. It's how it's always worked in pro sports. And in fact, I believe even last year, I believe in the fine print, it said playoff tickets were not included in um, season tickets. However, they were. They just ended up including it. It has always been included um, in CFC tickets. So I, I know there are probably people who are feeling some emotions right now about like, oh, this sucks. Look, this is just how it works. The uh, season ticket for CFC is literally the cheapest thing in pro sports in America. It's a great thing, and I hope it remains so. Uh, my point being is when you get to the playoffs in any pro sports yeah um your tickets are never included i paid 16 bucks i bought both i recommend you buy both because you get a discount and they will credit you back um for off your next season season ticket or whatever for the game if we somehow we don't make it (laughs) um but currently i bought two supporters section tickets 16 bucks each plus fees um per like so i bought four one for me one for ella but it comes with two yeah so 16 per I, i did the same that is the cheapest um ticket ahead of game you can get essentially um so I recommend getting those now, secure them now before they go up in a general pre-sale. And if you have those chairbacks, you want to snag those ASAP because you want to get the ones you had previously uh, during the season for the playoffs. So get on, get those tickets, and then they will be good for whenever those games, whether they happen on the 28th, 29th that weekend, whether it happens on the first weekend of November or the second weekend or whatever combination of them it happens. Um, yeah, that's that's that. Yeah. So Let's, my three takeaways have already been have already been set. Same. Same with mine. Um so I don't feel the need to <laughs> I don't I don't feel the need to say anything other than uh these next four matches are an opportunity to get a little bit better, to get a little bit more healthy, uh, and to and to reestablish a rhythm and a flow that we've frankly not had since the middle of July is the last like true regular stretch of matches. Oh, okay. In, I was gonna in, say in the we, league. we played well the beginning of September, but no, that's not what you were saying. So yeah, keep going. Uh, I mean, like just week in, week out, having a match. Like we haven't had that in, yep. in months. Yep. Like legitimately months. Uh, so this is a really good opportunity. Uh, number one, to make sure that we we get enough points and secure the number one overall seed in the regular season championship, uh, which would be our first in in, in club history for for a national league. Um, and 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 second, like trust the rod test actually is more important here. We need to to get some rhythm, get some flow in, in our possession based game. Uh, that's how that's how that, that's how teams that play like this evolve. That's how they advance, and we just have to be better at what we do, and and trust trust the rod says that the rest is going to come. Well said. Progress is not linear. First step. Let's work. Let's work on getting the, these remaining points, getting healthy and getting hot, and let's go win those uh, the regular season, get the regular season title, and then win the playoffs. Matthew, thank you for joining me, listeners. Thank you for listening. Peace.